Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today uh, kicks off our stewardship theme and is taken from Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. And then the king shall say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, so you did it to me. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. In our private devotions, your pastors have recently begun reading a new publication from Concordia Publishing House entitled, Faith in the Shadow of Pandemic. The book, as the title suggests, encapsulates the different ways in which the Christian church worships, witnesses, serves, and responds in the midst of the COVID-19 outbreak. In the course of our reading, it dawned on us that to a large extent, what is really being addressed by this short title is the issue of stewardship during pandemic. Allow me to explain. Though gathering together is quite different now with drive-in service, with online recordings, mask wearing, and social distancing, the church still comes together to hear the same word which it has always heard. Likewise, it comes together to receive the same gifts of baptism in the Eucharist, which her Lord has always given. In the most critical way, then, nothing has changed from this singular perspective. The principal task of this body for which it was instituted is still being out, carried out faithfully and diligently. For this is not, in essence, our task, but it is the task of Almighty God. What has changed, however, is our task as servants in this congregation and as ministers within this community. Certainly, we still rally around that same great commission as our chief directive. We are, as the church, still called to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that our Lord commands. Yet, we would be deceiving ourselves if we did not acknowledge in some way that putting this commission into practice will look markedly different in the environment presented us by the virus and the new culture which surrounds it. The coronavirus has reconfigured who our neighbors are and how we interact with them. Close neighbors, even next-door neighbors, may now seem far off or distant due to the necessities of social distancing. 
While at work, on the other hand, we may find ourselves in regular Zoom meetings, face-to-face, as it were, with colleagues from around the nation. These new and different ways and dynamics will change the way we witness and outreach. The way that task is carried out by changing opportunities, new dynamics that we are now presented with on a day-to-day basis. I think in times like these, we are tempted to fall into a sort of sit-and-wait mentality. The coronavirus keeps regular Sunday school and Bible studies from meeting in person at faith, for instance. Therefore, I will sit and wait until they're up and running normally again. Or we might say, I made a habit of showing up to sort food at the food pantry. But wearing a mask is restrictive, and even then I can't risk picking up something and bringing it home to my spouse and children. And so, I will sit and wait until the food pantry and volunteering in general are viable again. Or we might say, I used to love going to visit the elderly and the shut-in members of our congregation here at Faith. I used to love sitting down with them for a cup of coffee, chatting and sharing a devotion. But right now... That would be as dangerous for them as it is for me. I can't go into someone else's house knowing full well that I might have been exposed and then pass that on to them. I'm going to have to sit and wait to hear from my friends again. Now over time, these legitimate concerns become excuses for us to remain on the sidelines while our spiritual lives begin to stagnate because we are not doing God's, the work of God's kingdom nor are we receiving the gifts that our God gives. We know that Sunday school teachers now have the opportunity to share God's word through our YouTube page. Shelters and pantries have a greater need than ever for donations and for collections to be taken and transported, with many in our community being out of work due to the pandemic. We also know that our homebound members oftentimes now feel totally isolated because of social distancing. They find themselves in need from any form of human contact, a phone call from a familiar voice, to remind them of the love of God and the love of their brothers and sisters in the church. Friends, I tell you, this is no time to sit and wait. Some of these examples may seem relatively small compared to the way that things used to function. But in these times, they are critically vital to the witness of the church and to those who are in need. To quote from Pastor Corzine, co-author of the aforementioned book which inspired this sermon series, he says, It's not the size of our neighborliness that Christ receives through the neighbor, but the work of mercy stemming from a foundation of faith. And to do those things, be they big or small, is to exercise faith and to draw near to Christ. While the day-to-day functions of the church may have changed, her foundation remains secure in Christ and Him crucified. So then, let us not be so beleaguered by this pandemic that we withdraw ourselves from that sure foundation. These times, without a doubt, will present us with unique and even unprecedented challenges. We are going to need to be creative shrewd as serpents, as the scriptures say, in the ways that we serve our neighbors. But, our God ensures us, 
we will never labor in vain. What's more, still our God calls us to come to him when this task begins to feel like more than we can bear. He urges us to come to this altar still and to receive our rest in Christ our Savior. This, more than anything, must be our utmost focus in these trying times. We must continue to seek Christ where he has promised to be. Let us then take our rest in Christ through word and sacrament, so that we might be better equipped ourselves to serve those in our community who have need. Let us receive from the hand of Christ, so that we might be the hand of Christ, which gives to our neighbor, even as they are the hand of Christ which receives from us. In this way, the church remains fed and nourished, even as she goes about feeding and nourishing the flock her Lord has entrusted to her. Do not be discouraged. Instead, take delight in the new and the different opportunities afforded you by this wretched pandemic, and so rejoice in tribulation as the apostles and the martyrs did before you. I want you not to take think that this charge is some little change of perspective or some trick of the mind to make these tense days that much more bearable. Rather, let Christ alone be your standard once again. Christ who shined light into the darkness at the moment of creation when all was chaos. Christ who brought peace in the midst of storms, calming them for his troubled disciples. Christ who spoke forgiveness from Calvary's cross, even as he died a torturous death. And Christ, who burst forth living from the earthen tomb. In trial and in labor of all kinds, let yourself be united without fail to Christ Jesus, confident in his good and availing work for you, let your neighbor, then, be the very icon of your Savior as you engage in works of mercy. Take heart and know that when we talk about stewardship, COVID or not, what we are really talking about is where to find Jesus. For Jesus is ever-present in works of mercy and all that his church on earth does in his name. To your works, dear brothers and sisters, he adds his own mercy. Jesus joins himself to the sufferer, to the hungry, the lonely, the sick, and the mourning. And in so doing, he draws the eyes of all who are in need to look to him for respite. Jesus stands in solidarity with sinners who come with nothing in hand seeking mercy from his holy altar. Thus, be it as a servant or as a supplicant, may you find Christ in your neighbor. For the neighbor who gives and the neighbor who are in need are both as Christ to you. Let the work you accomplish in his name be a steadfast reminder of your own need. Let these things, too, draw you closer to your Savior. Rejoice that the church persists in tribulation, for her Lord is King victorious over all the troubles of this present age and of that glorious age still to come. Count it a privilege, dear friends, to toil for the sake of Christ. 
for he has called your efforts for your neighbor worthy. He has declared your works in the world most holy, worthy to be done even to Christ himself. And so they are. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in the same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.